Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. She is a mother of three. Wife to brand, civil engineer, an author, songwriter, and chef. This fearless influencer is the proprietor and managing partner, Eunice Kitchen Limited, Eunice Culinary Institute, and Talitha Kitchenware Stores. She is very passionate about prayer, parenting the next generation, and mentoring young ladies. Please welcome to the gathering, Eunice Adubango. I'm speaking. I'm very happy to be here today. Yes, uh, can I say more? I mean, everything has been said. Um, I'm a mother of three very, very amazing children. The next generation of men that is going to be unleashed in this land. You've not seen anything yet until you meet those men. So I'm really happy to be here and I'm going to share majorly really from my heart, convictions that I have had, things that I know about God, and it's amazing, almost every song we sang at the beginning was just testimony to the things that I really want to talk about. I think we underutilize God. I think as believers, we, we, we need to understand that we are children of God. I think that needs to get so deep in our hearts. Because until we understand that, then we will not understand that creation is waiting for the manifestation of the true children of God. So, I'm going to share. Um, I have given my sharing the title, Get the Lead Off. And why did I say take the lead off? I just realized that I'm not talking to people who probably started to hear about God this morning. God has been depositing so many things in your heart, in your spirit, in your life from the beginning of creation. And maybe there are so many of those things that you have put a lead on. You've probably told yourself, I can't start that now. Or what is going to happen if I start it? Oh, we can't do it that way. And that is why I want us to get the lead off. We've just been singing the song, Get the Limits of Our God. And I'm hoping that when we get the lead off, we'll get the limits of our God. I want us to examine this scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Almost everything that I'm going to say is from that scripture. I hope that by the time we are done, you'll be able to ask, you'll be able to think, and you'll be able to imagine many things. The Bible says, now to him who, by, and I'm reading the amplified version, it says, in consequence of the action of his power, 
that is at work in me is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above all that you dare ask or imagine infinitely beyond our highest prayers our highest desires our highest thoughts our highest hopes and our highest dreams i keep telling people that if you imagine nothing you've given god no template to work because he wants to do far above what you can imagine so you imagine very little you've given God very little to do because he wants to do far above. And what we are told in this scripture is just to dare. Just dare. Basically, God is saying, I'm here and I want to show off. I want to show up and I want to show off. Try me and you will see. I want us to imagine certain things that we have read about in scripture. God allows the fate of the entire paradise to rest upon the shoulders of two fragile, inexperienced beings in Eden. He gets two people. They don't even know what to do because Eve wouldn't have been sitting around talking to the serpent. And yet God puts your future and my future in the hands of such people. God asks a novice to build an ark in order to preserve a whole generation. Those of us who have done engineering know we went through structural design. We went through so many things. And God gets someone, they have no background at all, but he wants them to preserve a whole generation. God asks a 17-year-old Joseph to do work, to save a whole generation. By the way, most of the people that God used in the Bible were teenagers. And I tell that to my children all the time. I tell my 11-year-old now that by the time you're 12, you should actually be able to leave my house and live well. Because Mary was 12 and a half years. And she brought forth a savior. God decides to redeem the entire earth through a senile man. And a woman. Imagine those things. Imagine God sending the Israelites out of Egypt with only a staff in the hands of a stammerer. I mean, couldn't he pick someone who could speak? How do you stand before people with a staff and you say, we are going to do this? But this is our God. He anoints two boys. This is my favorite story, Bezalel and his, fr his friend. He anoints them with an anointing that has nothing to do with the battles the Israelites were facing at the time. He anoints them to build a temple. He anoints them. You know, these guys, they, were they, they could work with wood. They could cut stone. They could do. I used to use this a lot at the university when I was teaching the, the engineering students. I would tell them, your quantity surveying students, you need to know that they were children, ordinary children, that could quantify a whole temple because of our God. And then he goes ahead and he puts you and me in this land that is literally Eden. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to say a few things today that will make you realize that God 
has been taking each of us to places because he has a reason. People have been asking me, but how could you do engineering and get that PhD and end up in the kitchen? And I can tell you that there are so many things that didn't make sense in my life until I did that PhD. And they helped me today. Now, I want you to imagine these facts about you. I get them from a source, the length of a human DNA molecule. It's a physics fact book. Some of the things I learned doing my PhD. You must give the source. Hmm? Now, imagine your lungs. Do you know a tennis court? Your lungs are bigger than a tennis court. Get the limits of our God. Listen to this. Your nerves are 45 miles long. They are 72 kilometers. They are right on the inside of you, right there. Your nerves. That doesn't matter whether you're short or tall or fat or small. They are. And what I want to tell you is what you are on the inside is what everybody else is on the inside. Your circulatory system is 60,000 miles long. It is 96,500 kilometers. It is two and a half trips around the earth. Your system. And it is circulating that blood in minutes. You know, Mozart was telling us about that, the, 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 the minutes to go to ginger. Imagine the minutes your blood is doing right now. Get the limits of this God. Now, I keep telling my children that if you want to write a code, God has written a code and it's called the DNA. Never fails. And your code is 70 times, 70 trips to the sun and back. Your DNA. Meaning, you know, you know those, those equations we used to write in high school where kids would get to the blackboard and write it from one end to the other and go back and go back? If anyone tried to write your DNA, it would be that long. 70 trips to the sun and back. You are bigger on the inside of you than you are on the outside. And you need to connect with that. Get the limits of our God. Let me tell you some truths because those were facts. People are going to, de people are going to debate them, eh? Someone is going to say they did a research recently and it is not true. Let me tell you some truths about you. You have the mind of Christ. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So you can't manage that company, really? You can't figure out how to raise that child, really? The Bible says that the Spirit of God teaches us all things. And I tell my children that that means all things. And he doesn't just teach us. He reminds us of everything that Christ has said. You possess the resurrection power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. That same power is right next to you. It is seated in your neighbor. It doesn't matter if they've risen anyone yet. The power is there. You are a royal priesthood. A chosen nation. 
God's own position. By the time God says, this is mine. I mean, he has said, it's okay. The sun can sit there. The moon can sit there. The grass can be on that side. The lakes and the rivers can be on the side. But Eunice is my own possession. One of a kind. And that is the truth about you. And First John 4.17 says, As Christ is, so are you in this world. Think about how Christ is. He's seated in the heavenly places. That's how you are. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place. And I want to say something about this. You know, it occurred to me recently that at the time when God was calling Abraham blessed, I was right in that womb and my spirit had that word because I'm an heir and I'm a child according to that promise. Forget about the eggs that escaped. Huh? Forget about those ones that go out through the monthly periods and whatever. You understand? If you are here, it means you were there when God was saying these things. So, the same, the same strand from which Solomon, who wrote over 3,000 proverbs, the same strand from which he was made, you were made. That same strand from which that man that brought out so many songs, he is not different from you. He was right in that womb while you were. And those things are as true about you as they were true about Solomon. Understanding that changed my mind. It changed the way I do things. You know, the other day, I released my parents from giving me any inheritance because I realized that the Lord is my portion in the land of the living. And I remember telling God, I said, I think I've wasted time because when you have an inheritance, you wake up every morning and you look at it and you survey it and you map it out. And, and that is the reason you need to pray because you need to figure out your portion. Are we together, people? We are way bigger on the inside than we think. So, if Samson killed so many Philistines with the job on us, we will do greater things. One of the things that makes me realize we will is we are no longer in a generation where we are just singing the hallelujahs. We used not to have these kinds of meetings in the past. And so I tell everyone, you had better get with the program. In the past, God was saving through crusades. You understand? We had to do crusades and whatever. Right now, he's saving through knowledge, through resourcing us. Because that information needs to connect with the truths that are on the inside of us. So that we can arise and become that which God has created us to be. I want you to still... Imagine some facts about this country. And I don't want to say so much about the oil, the gas, the arable land, etc. because you've had it. But I want you to look at those things that I have highlighted. The clay, the gypsum, the iron ore, the kaolin. When I was starting to do my PhD, I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. I studied a material called pozzolana. 
Pozolana is an input in cement. And I was looking at a very small detail concerning Pozolana. I just wanted to know we are mining Pozolana in the way we do. What is going to happen when we finally die? What will happen to the future generations? It was, I mean, simply put, that's what I was doing. But God took me on a journey to understand that your bed, you know where your bed is in the house? You could as well be sleeping on a gold mine and you have no idea. You know how these men woke up and they said, the Lord was in this place and we did not know it? I went to two parts of the country. I went to the west and I went to the Tutoro side, east. And in the west, you know, people... God is so creative, but God has gifted this nation beyond measure. Beyond measure. I went to the West, and the way the Pozolan appears, it's like stone slate, and it appears in layers every one and a half meters below. So ideally, they can dig and mine the first layer and put back and grow matoke. And then when they feel that they are broke, they mine another 1.5 meters below. They remove the next puzzle line, And it is layer upon layer upon layer. But I had never found an illiterate lot of people. <laughs> they actually call it a bikencha or something like that. You know, like it's, it's, it's useless stone. When you look at the Pozolana, it, it, the one in the west, it, in Bushenyi, it is so beautiful. When you remove the stone, you can build with it without adding anything, anything. And do you know what they do? They mine this Pozolana and they give it away to Hima Cement, a whole truck, a 10-tire truck. At the time I did my PhD, they were selling it at 30,000 Uganda shillings. I, I looked for the videos to show you how those men look. They are so malnourished. They spend the entire day digging and getting out this stone. And then they give it away. They just give it away. They just give it away. I couldn't understand why we buy cement at the rate we do. I, I, I took long to concentrate and decide what I wanted to do my research on because every time I went, I met something different that either broke my heart or made me wonder why God has given us such resources and we are oblivious to it. I went to the east. The, the pozzolan appears like volcanic clay. By the way, people, clay is not... It's not useless soil. You know, you're buying tiles at a high rate. You're bringing in cups. You're bringing in plates. You're bringing in, you, 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 someone is doing paint. You can make all those things out of the puzzle and we have. Let me tell you people, the entire eastern is one large puzzle and from Tororo to Karamoja. It's one huge puzzle and. And for that one, they just mine it and add nothing and put it in that bag and sell it to you. Because it's just volcanic ash. They will tell you they put a bit of limestone. But you see, God opened a way for me that one day, I don't know what happened. They allowed me right into the factory and I walked from one end to another and I saw what they were doing. 
and I came back home and I said, Lord, I didn't even know you were in this place. We are so gifted. We are extremely a gifted nation. When they were mining, when they were making the road to Kapchora, to Karamoja, they just swept away the pozzolan and put it on the side. I found so many people sick with tuberculosis, cancer, because the pozzolan has silicone, it has lime, you know, all the components are not really good for the health. But one of our companies in this country, it's not even a Ugandan company, the other day Mose was talking about it and I said, and I mean, I was just watching and I said, oh Lord, the, the locals sold to them an acre of land because they thought this land is useless. It has useless soil and stone. So they sold an acre at 50,000. But this pozzolan is as far below as probably the next layer of water. Uganda shillings. Ezike. And they sold with everything. So this company just comes and keeps mining. And then when they are tired of mining in a place like this, they take the machines to the next place. The pozzolan can go, like at least what I saw, they, there is a place they mined for as far as over 250 meters. You know, like it, it can go so far. So actually in most of those places, you just find some huge place where they have removed and then they've gone to the next. Because for me, that was the subject of my research. I was thinking, okay, look, we've taken the pozzolan because volcanic soils are very good for farming, amazing for farming. But the people that side actually think they can't do farming. Just begin to imagine those things. Imagine those things. Now that we have imagined, I want us to begin to think. What could possibly happen if you let loose that person on the inside of you? If you actually made a decision that I'm going to live to fulfill the purposes of God in this generation, what could possibly happen? Because the Bible says no eye has even seen, no ear, not even your own ear has heard. And even if you have imagined so much, you have not even begun to comprehend the things that God can use you for. You see, the Bible says we have the incorruptible seed. We are born of incorruptible seed. And I like sometimes to just understand scriptures literally. And I keep saying if I'm born of incorruptible seed, corruption has nothing on me. Because I am born of incorruptible seed. Because you're going to give all these reasons as to why you can't prosper in this generation, in this country. But your plot of land that you've all run away from to come to Kampala could actually be that puzzle land I'm talking about. I want you to ask yourself and sit and say, what more can God do in me, with me, and through me? People, we need daily thinking time. 
per second thinking time. You need to start to turn the pages of your heart and you, begin, you need to begin to find all those things that God has said to you and about you. And you need to start to think about them and maybe you need to start to ask him and say, God, is it really true that I can really do all things through you who strengthens me? Is it true? Even when I don't have the monetary capital, is it true? You need to begin to do more thinking. From the songs we sang this morning, I was just over there thinking. I was thinking about many things. You see, I cook. And one of the things I've discovered about salt is salt gets saltier the more it cooks. Actually, the salt you put in your sauce at the start is not the way it will be by the time that dish has finished cooking. And I keep telling my people at the kitchen that don't put what you think is hugely enough salt. Just put enough. And as that sauce keeps boiling, it will get saltier. Until you venture out, you are the salt of the earth. Until you get applied to the earth and you start to flavor the earth, you won't attract more. You won't get more flavorful. Even when you have 10,000 shillings, get it and use it. And as you begin to use it, God promised multiplication. He will multiply it. He will. I was just thinking about this. <laughs> you know, we were singing and we were saying, no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. I'm a child of God. And I said, it's sad. I wrote that down. I said, some people think that God is the weapon fashioned against them. And probably you need to keep thinking about it and say, God is not against me. You need to think about that all the time. You need to keep telling yourself, God is not against me. He is for me. So even when you hit a wall, you tell yourself, I've not hit this wall because God hates me or God is against me because God is not the weapon fashioned against you. He isn't. He is for you. And the Bible says, if then God be for us, what can be against us? What? Is it resources? What can be against us? Because our father owns the universe, people. I want to introduce you to my father. He is my father. He's the maker of the universe. He understands how things work in this generation. He himself is wisdom. And yet he says he is my portion. So if I keep on checking on my portion, who is God, then I will get the wisdom to manage these things that we are talking about. There are things I've figured out without reading. And sometimes I hear someone say it and I'm like, I actually figured that out. Because he that lives in me is greater than the enemy that is in the world. I want us to take time thinking. We need to take, I take a day in the week where I go away to pray. But one of the things I do, I take at least an hour thinking. And I never leave that place of prayer unless God has given me an assignment. And when God gives me an assignment, I come back next week and the first thing I present to him, I say, God, this is the result of my assignment for the week. Now, the Bible calls you a holy nation. And then the Bible tells you to ask of you know, God says, ask of me and I will give you the nations. Because you are a nation. You can't ask for a village. 
Because you are not a village. Do you understand what I mean? Your nature is that you are a nation. That is why God says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The ends of the earth as your possession. I want to share the story of George Washington Cavea, the man from whom Washington DC was named. He lived in the early 1900s, and he's credited with more than 300 inventions for marketable products related to just the peanut and 100 for sweet potato. Now, I keep asking my children, and I tell them, for you, you think the peanut was created for three things, to eat it, to make odi, and what else? And envuluga for basoga, eh? Ginat sauce. But this man, 300 inventions. Now, let me tell you why. When God created the peanut, he knew that there were more possibilities out of that peanut than you know. So what was this man doing? There is a, a typo in there, but ignore it. You know, they, they, they say that he used to go to his lab hmm, every morning, and he would ask God, he would say, Father, what other reason did you have in creating the peanut? And then God would tell him. I have started asking God about all the things I use at the kitchen. And now me, there are so many. I don't even know. I, I've, and that's one of the reasons I now live long. Because <laughs> the things are many. And I have to do all of them. <laughs> so God, God has so much work for me to do. Therefore, hmm, I'm going to live long. Are we together? He would go into the lab every morning. That is how you ask of him to give you the nations. 300 inventions. Do you know there is even actually paint that is made from peanut? He invented that. He invented paints, what we use on our fingernails. He, he, so many, 300 from, and he, he saved a whole generation. Because when you read, he came at a time when people were, were depending on cotton, and then cotton just wasn't working. And a new thing, because the soils were tired, they were, you know, they, they needed to do something new. And he came and he did two things. He was a black man that was not accepted to join colleges in America, but they called him. They called him. They have so many monuments in the U.S., of that man. They have a huge library in Washington called the George Washington Cavea Library. And he used to tell everyone, I do this because I'm a child of God. Now, they can have their money, but they won't get that kind of wisdom. And for me, those are the things that encourage me. Because I have on the inside of me something that you can't buy. And I will use that in this world. And I want to encourage each one of us. What is it that you are doing? What is it that you are doing? And do you actually know God's entire plan about that thing? We actually could be underutilizing God as a resource. And I want us to decide today that we are not going to keep the lead on. Esther was told, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. 
But if you and your father's family will perish, but you and your father's family will perish, and who knows but that you have come to royal your royal position for such a time as this. People, we have to start to stretch our minds to believe that even with a staff, we can get out of slavery. Because that is not an ordinary staff. They say that the person that we think is most brilliant on earth uses only 10 per, about 10% of their brain. So I could as well be here using 0, 0.00 something. I want to tell you something. I'm not someone that will tell you a story that I probably had a lot of money when I was starting Uni's Kitchen. And I tell my children all the time that because God knew that you had to survive and win in this world, he made sure that by the time you cry in that hospital and you land in the hands of that person that held you, he had given you everything that you needed. That is why the scripture says he has given you everything you need for life and godliness. As believers, we want to believe the for godliness part. <laughs> but we don't want to believe the for life part. But everything, you have it. There is so much more on the inside of you than you actually know. So much more. I will tell you, I've said this story before. A few people probably know it. When I was starting out at Uni's Kitchen, I had nothing in terms of money. Nothing. I was serving in my church. I used to enjoy teaching people to cook. And on, a, on an ordinary Saturday, I would teach about six teams. And I was doing it for no pay. The church wasn't even giving me fuel or anything, no. And I would not, and the homes were not near each other, you know? So you drive, you're in Bokoto Flats, then you're in Chigowa, then, you know, and I would cook and leave people eating and run to my next place, leave them eating. You know, I just loved to teach people. And every time I was in that, in those meetings, the ladies would ask me, do you have a restaurant? I would say, no. Okay, do you teach people this for a, a fee? I would say, no. And then my father was very sick, and I couldn't take care of my father. I was working in Makere then. I was on a PhD program, so I had a master's in civil engineering. If I stood in the meeting, they would introduce me as a civil engineer, the lecturer. And you know, people would even call you professor. And, and, and the only thing that, that helped was the nice feeling. And then after that, nothing. We learned to pray for our children for healing, not because we had faith, but because we were broke. So you could actually be over there, and you're exercising faith, not because you have faith. I have been there. And then my father, he's sick. I can't take care of him. My father loved me. He still loves me. My father won't spend a month, two weeks, without calling. And when he calls, he will say, 
I've just taken long without hearing from you. I just want to know how you are. And then he will ask you about everyone by name. On my birthday, I had to tell my father to stop calling me at 4 a.m. Because he wants to be the first one to call you. He wants to be the first one to sing happy birthday in his not-so-good voice. And he's waking you up, you know, so just to paint for you. I mean, he loved me. And yet I could not afford to take care of him. You've heard about marketable courses? I did one of those. And it is called civil engineering. And I didn't graduate with a pass. I was top of my class. The best student in engineering, math, so many accolades. And my father was sick and I couldn't afford to get him anything. And so this one day, I'm thinking about everything and I said I have to do something. You see, that thing has been on the inside of you from way before you knew that you could connect with it. So I woke up one day and I said, I have been teaching people to cook for nothing. I think I can charge a fee. They've been talking about the internet. I know how the internet, I know how Facebook can change your life. Because I went on Facebook and I even know how social capital can change your life. Because if I hadn't told all those people at church, if no one knew me, no one would have responded. So I went on Facebook. I remember I put an ad on Facebook at 9 a.m. I said, cooking classes next Saturday, 50,000 shillings, etc. I had nothing. I didn't even have a pan or whatever. And I told my husband, it's okay. I could probably get the cooker at home, you know, put it on a border, take it where I'm going to teach them from, and then I can bring it back. Well, I advertised and by 2 p.m., the class was full. Full with 20 people. For the first time in my life, I have a million shillings. Makera University, I didn't tell you, had promised, because the money used not to come, they had promised to pay me 350,000 shillings per month. Yes. I have known God enough <laughs> not to lie. 350,000 shillings per month. I know how it feels to go to the ATM. I know how that hourglass moves. You understand? And it goes and it turns. And then that inverted thing, tink. Insufficient balance. I know. And I would go more than three, four, five times a day hoping that on the nth time something has happened to that account. I prayed. I was leading the prayer ministry at church. So I prayed. I fasted you all. I fasted. I prayed. I believed God. I named, I got seeds. I named them. I gave them. I did everything that you can do. But my deliverance wasn't in that seed I named and gave. It did a good work. But that wasn't all that God had created me to do. And so I get this one million shillings. I have told you people, God has been depositing things on the inside of you. From the time you looked in your mother's face while you were breastfeeding, he put so many inside of you. You have been entrusted with so much. 
In my life, my mom is the one who taught me first how to cook. My mom loved to eat out. And anytime she, she took you out, she reproduced what you ate. She taught me, I don't even know, I can't explain to you how, but she taught me how to taste a meal and know what herbs, what spices, and whatever they are in. I will only eat something and I will go and reproduce it. God had been preparing me for that moment from the time I called my mother, Mommy. Because God has a plan to prosper you. A plan for your welfare. And it is a big plan. People, it is a grand plan. Now I sit here and I look at my dreams. And I see just how far I'm going. And I'm like, God have mercy on this generation. God have mercy. And I tell people that we are going to prosper in this generation. Even with these conditions. We will because God has put something on the inside of us, outside of us, everywhere about us. So I get my one million shillings because I knew my way around town. I loved cooking, so I knew where they buy what. I knew Katwe. I knew all the places you probably don't know. So I went to Katwe and I bought my first cooker, a gas cooker for the business, a very old rickety thing. I bought it, bought a few pans altogether. I, I spent about 600,000 shillings, bought everything, bought all the ingredients, and I told these ladies. And at the end of that day, I had my 250,000 shillings. I had told these people in three hours. And I was like, it's a whole new world. <laughs> I'd made 250 in three hours. I had been promi promised 350 per month, and I, at that point, I was in eight months' areas. Of course, I didn't get it immediately. So every time that I was broke, I advertised that class. I didn't get it. And now I understand what Mose was talking about, the momentum. The momentum, people. I didn't understand it. And yet, because of the Lord's mercy, every time I advertised it, but I don't think the mercy would be carrying me up to today. You know, there is a point at which God reaches and just says, you know what? Onotaja chifuna katumulek. Let me borrow a few minutes of the time. So well, in the fourth class, third or fourth class, I'm teaching these ladies and there is this one lady looking at me. She's looking at me and I don't know why. I'm thinking, well... I'm a teacher. I know how to teach my stuff. Maybe she's just looking and saying, wow. <laughs> and then at the end of the class, she says, do you do catering? I said, no. She said, I have a wedding in three weeks and you must cater at that wedding. And I told her, I have nothing. I don't have saucepans. You know, there are customers who come these days and they want to inspect my saucepans. But I had a customer that time whom I told that I don't have saucepans. Are we together, people? And so I told her, I don't have saucepans. I don't have place. She said, well, tomorrow I'll meet you with my husband at church. We will give you all the money. Just decide how much you want to charge. You had better be thinking about how much you want to charge. Before you charge. So I tell her, they come and give me 
100%, 3.6. I have customers now who have an event where they need to pay you 500,000 and they say, if I give you all my money, you may not come. <laughs> and this, forgive me, 3.6, three weeks before. I went downtown. Now, let me tell you, God has been preparing you. One time my sister bought a present for my mother. It was a set of forks. She brought it. She was feeling so happy until she gave it to my mom. And my mom picked one fork, fork by fork. You know those disposable forks? You understand disposable forks? Eh? So she, she got one by one and she bent and put there a present. She got another bent and put it there. And then she told her the next time you want to buy a fork, remember that you're royalty. Buy a fork. And God had already trained me. So I knew which fork not to buy for my catering business. I knew which plate. No, people, get the lid off. God has been training you. I was a, I'm a firstborn. My sister that follows me is over 10 years below me. And then for them, they are, I keep telling my mother, I raised your children, you need to help me with mine. I mean, I used to think there are too many. You would cross the road with this sea of children and I'm thinking, and now I have to manage a business. God has been training you. So, we catered at this wedding and I remember Mose came to that wedding to test the food and at that wedding, three people walked up to me and said, you did this food? I said, yes. People, God didn't just put the gift. God provided the money. I started Uni's Kitchen like that. The customer gave me the money to buy the saucepans, to buy the plates, to buy the toothpicks, people, to buy the serviettes, to buy everything. What won't your God do? I don't know which God you believe, but I have a father, and he has a mission in our generation, and he's going to do it through you and me, and we are going to do it. I hope you can join me. Get the lead off. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.